All right, dude, we talk about this a lot in our... So for people that don't know, we have a very close group of guy friends and we chat very often. <laughs> we'll just say that. My uh, my literally, literally my wife always asks me if I'm talking to my to my girlfriends. He, she does all the time, <laughs> which she knows exactly who that is. Uh, yes. But yes, we, so we talk all the time. And something that I've been trying to drill into my buddies is the fact that we all need to get into this sport that I recently got into. And it's been really, really fun. And I'm talking about pickleball. So good old pickleball. It's, it's yes. so funny. And I feel like a lot of people, when I tell them this, they're like, dude, how old are you? I'm like, listen, it's, it's not a retiree sport anymore. Like that's, that's the whole conception around it. And the perception around it is that, that it's for, you know, retirees and stuff, but it's gotten really, really popular, especially. So I live in St. Louis and all of the parks around here now have pickleball courts. It's a, it's a big, big thing. And, and you see a lot of younger people playing it, but I, I, I digress because I wanted to bring this up because I saw something in the news recently that really piqued my interest, especially being from St. Louis. And that is, so there is actually a major league pickleball pickleball league i don't know if you knew that did you know that yes absolutely absolutely and the reason i know it so my wife is in fashion and she does some work actually for major league pickleball players which apparently they're becoming stars which is awesome but um you know names like lebron james and kevin durant and tom brady uh, all these people are starting to invest into major league pickleball teams because they're seeing this growth this kind of upswell uh for major league pickleball well this recent article that i read actually has a fortune 500 brand that has actually thrown their hat into the ring and they're the first one of their kind they're the first fortune 500 brand to actually come out and purchase a major league pickleball team you know who it is who i'm from st louis man it's anheuser-busch nice how how crazy is that but i mean what a perfect marriage i think that i think that makes perfect sense but uh and i don't know what your perception is so far of the pickleball community what what's what's kind of been your connection so far i actually never had any uh inkling at first that it was uh from an older uh population that was into pickleball i'm guessing that's where it started but like no actually a good a good friend of mine uh her name's debbie drum and uh debbie and i used to work together back in the day and um as debbie sort of started you know doing more stuff uh, in pickleball it started becoming very apparent to me that she was doing this and so one day we had i was like what is this <laughs> and she was like i just love it man like it's just this thing and she was just like just the level of zero to 60 passion that mm-hmm. she had for it and i i love debbie uh shout out to debbie by the way <laughs> but um like the level of passion was was interesting to me because i was like you know it's interesting to see something just grab somebody that way Yep. And I think that that's, that's what was really interesting is like Debbie, extremely intelligent person, uh, super athletic. Um, and she was just like, I love this. This is like, have you heard of it? You know, just wanted to tell me everything about it. And when you find something like that, um, it's amazing to see how quickly a community starts to spring up around it. And, you know, we've seen this with lots of things over the years um, where you have this thing. It starts with kind of the groundswell and then it just like explodes. And that's kind of what's what I see happening right now. And yeah, there's pickleball leagues here. You know, it's just this thing that has really started to get big. And um, but I always think back to Debbie. And Debbie, just the way she spoke about it was one of those green flags for me. Is like anytime I know somebody like Debbie that is talking about super intelligent, super athletic, super fun to be around. Anytime somebody like that is this passionate and wants to be an ambassador for something like this something's happening. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's where I think it's interesting is you start understanding that that's, it's when people speak that way, you're like, what's going on? Is this, what, what, what is this? How do I, 
How do I get involved? How do I learn more about it? And this is where you start seeing these communities start to pop up in a very interesting way. Well, there's something really cool about feeling like you're in on the ground level of something, right? Like you're right. you're seeing something really grow into something that's going to be really popular. And a lot of there's a lot of people, obviously, some very influential people in our pop culture are investing their money and their time into to this groundswell because they're seeing the same thing happen. And it is all built on exactly what you just said: the fact that there is now this community of people that are out there touting it, people who are very smart and very influential that are out there really building, and what they're doing is building this community of people that are bringing more people along for the ride right and it's all about bringing people in including other people and then also making sure that you strike a balance so that's what i wanted to talk to talk to specifically today because we do that a lot the community is a big part of everything that we do because everything that we work in contains a community of people and and it's and we strike a balance in everything that we do and making sure that we bring as many people along for the ride as we we can but we also want to put offers out there and put information out there in front of people that are that are, feel really exclusive right so that's that's what I, i'd love to talk to you about today I, I think communities and how to bring people into communities the right way so that they feel like, yeah, they're a part of something uh, that not everybody's a part of, but that you don't make it so exclusive that, you know, you can't grow. Yeah. I think that's a, a topic that anybody that's in business can learn from. So, yeah, let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, so we're talking about communities today, um, and part of my community is I have this great pe- group of people that I work with, uh, but also a great group of people that actually watch this podcast. I guarantee you, Marshall, Uh-oh. that when this goes to edit, um, and I did not realize this until we started like taping the intro to this, but I-, I guarantee you when this goes to edit, I will have a message that pops up that says, shirt's a little tight, isn't it? Oh, From no. Alicia. Oh, no. Um, I promise it's coming. I didn't realize. And like, I don't think the shirt's too tight, but I, I, I have been a part of this community for so long that I know exactly <laughs> what triggers her. And I saw myself on camera and it's coming. Uh, so my request to everybody that is listening to this pod, <laughs> go watch the YouTube video on this pod. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you think the shirt is too tight. If yeah. you don't think it's too tight, I'm going to rub it in Alicia's face. Um, <laughs> Because I guarantee you this message is coming my way in the next little bit. But the moral of the story here is um, (laughs) communities start to kind of come together this way. It's like you get this thing that you build. And if you build them intentionally, you put a certain type of people in there. And then um, once you put a certain type of people in here, the community starts to take off and kind of do its own thing. And it it sort of self-grows. The problem that I think most people have, and I think think this is where you were going with this, is – how do you build these communities that sort of um, feed themselves? Hmm. And how do you build these communities that still seem exclusive while they feed themselves and grow themselves? And yep. so I think this is going to be a really interesting topic. And and so like in terms of communities, I have a lot of experience with this because this is like a primary way that we built our business over the years. What do you want to know? Like where did you want to go with this today? Because I love this topic. Oh, man, there's a lot. There's a lot I want to know. And so something you've mentioned a lot of times over the years, especially recently as we've been kind of diving more into this podcast and stuff, you mentioned that 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 book, that article, The Thousand True Fans thing. And that's something that in my head really connected when I think about community because you talk about how it's how it's had a real effect on how you've built your business and how you aim to have your business perceived, right? So, and, and we've talked also like, you know, how when you're able to move from one of those one-on-one business interactions to those that are more on the scale of like one to a hundred or one to a thousand and so on, 
how that kind of mindset can really take you and, and take a business to the next level. And that's a world where you live. And I know where the people that your business and the tools with which you're affiliated, those are really set up as situations where you're consistently speaking to the masses. So whether it's, you know, your serial progress seeker avenue or the pieces of software that I know that, that you work with, or just, you know, I know you do also do a lot of like marketing masterminds that you're involved in. So how has community played kind of a role in building each one of those? So I'd love to you know talk about each individual, individual one of those, and then how important it's been along the way for you to build true community. Well, to start off, you know, I sort of stumbled into this uh, backwards. There was a product that I launched many, many years ago um, that came out. And usually what would happen after we launched a product at that point is we'd launch a product, we would um, bring people through the door, you know, we would let people consume the product and, and, you know, we'd answer questions via our help desk and then we'd move on, right? Yeah. This one was different. And what happened is, is the folks that got into this product, we brought them into a quote unquote mastermind that happened like every Tuesday night at like nine o'clock. Okay. And what I would do is every Tuesday at nine o'clock, I would hop on video and I would talk to folks for an hour and just teach something. Hmm. And um, this became sort of a thing. It was like this group of people at this time, this was a good fit and people felt like they belonged to something. Um, and people felt like this is something that I have that nobody else has. I bought this product and I was given access to this. I'm a part of this tribe. There's literally people that are part of my 1000 true fans that that's where it started. Yeah. It was, it was just that they were part of that community and we, we stayed in touch yeah. um, and have stayed in touch for 10 years. And what was funny is like, I needed a better way besides just the, the Tuesday night thing to sort of give people a way to interact with each other. They were interact because we had a live chat. It wasn't just a chat where I could see it at that point. It was like, they could all see each other too. Yeah. So we needed a way to give them more. So at the time, there wasn't a lot of tech to do this. And so we built a forum. I literally built a forum online just for these people. Hmm. And so that was cool, but it was kind of this, this very big, big thing, right? There was just too much space in yeah. this forum for people to get lost in. And so I built it too big to start. Um, still worked, still brought people close, but it was like there was too many places for them to go because I built too many places in the forum, too many places to respond, too many things to do that yeah. they weren't all kind of grouped. And so you know, you, le you learn those lessons early on, but they still felt like they had something that nobody else did, sure. which was cool. Um, this kind of revolutionary thing for me was when Facebook groups started. And um, Facebook groups, I think, kind of piddled around for a few years. Nobody really knew what to do with them. Um, but like for me, Facebook groups became something that was that was a feature of a product. You know, if you were going to buy a product from me and you were going to spend good money to buy a product from me, I wanted to give you a place that you could come ask questions that you didn't have to go to a support desk. Mm. Now, the reason I wanted to do this is because I thought there was a lot of value. And letting people ask questions in front of other people. When you interact with a support desk, it's a one-on-one -on -one between us and you and nobody else really sees it. Sure. When you are in a Facebook group, as annoying as these can be sometimes, <laughs> um, as you know, um, it's you get to ask a question in front of a lot of other people and other people can actually answer the question. Yeah. Or other people maybe also have that question and they can have the question answered uh, right there too. So it's sort of this communal aspect of things. And so – one of the first big things that I did that really taught me the power of this is I ran a sale around New Year's one year where I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this. This gets you access to this for the next year, and it's like three hundred bucks. And if you get in, you're in the Facebook group. And that was that was the majority of the product. Hmm. I mean, there wasn't much else on the product. It was just you're a part of this group. We're gonna do calls every so often, but we're gonna just be together in this Facebook group. And people paid me like three hundred bucks to be in this thing for a year. Yeah, and 
just to be a part of the Facebook group. That was it. And I was called the syndicate and that was it. Like, you know, it sounds really sinister, but that's what it was. And so people paid me good money for that. I think I literally made twenty, thirty thousand dollars um on a Facebook group, wow. just giving people access to it. I was like, Oh, okay. So there's there people want to be a part of something. Yeah. You know, like they want to feel like they're anchored to something. And so the interesting thing was is at the time we offered, I think it was like a hundred sabots for this. And so there was a there was a hey, if I don't get in on this now, it may be more expensive later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we 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 built that. And that was my first real taste of not only does this work, because I'd kind of gotten taste of that it works before, but this is a great place to do this kind of thing because the chat was extremely active yeah. all the time. And everybody was seeing this chat. It wasn't like it was, okay, there was five different places to go or 10 different places to go. It was like one place, it's all in a feed. Now, Facebook definitely has some weaknesses when it comes to doing this kind of thing. But this is where it really started to pop out to me that something powerful was happening. Yeah. And at the time, I started to realize, hey, the rest of my list that we send things out to, um, they can see a product. But only people that are in this community, maybe we could put a coupon code at the top of the community so that only these people have the coupon code. So everybody would see this page where they could buy something. But it was only people in the community that would have the coupon code. Mm. And so there was this further layer of exclusivity um, that was layered in. These people knew that they were getting an advantage that nobody else got. Um, so, you know, it, it was fascinating to sort of watch those things start to take place early on and to understand that I didn't really have to know what I was doing. It was just the fact that there was something that existed that you were not a part of, but you could be a part of it. Hmm. But, you know, there was a price. Either you gave me an email address or you paid. Sure. You know, but to be a part of this community, there was a price that was attached to it. But there was benefits. And I think sometimes people screw up because they wait for, you know, how do I do this perfectly? Sometimes it's just about putting something together, putting it out there and seeing. And really, really quickly early on, and we can lead to where this led to, but really quickly early on, I started to understand if you give people a place to congregate, they will they will get on board. Mm. Because far too many times in our local communities, in our online communities, people feel very alone. And giving them a place to come where they know exactly that they can talk about this one topic because that's what the whole thing is about. Giving people a place to come to a party is mm. big. And sometimes it's just about being the person that throws the party. People will pay you well for you to throw the party and for you to be the one that put it together. And that's that was my first sort of instance of there's something powerful to this because people are actually paying me to be in this thing that really wasn't that difficult for me to create. And the, the people that are here actually seem to put a lot of value into what we're doing. So that was the start for me. Yeah, well, I, 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 I kind of thought maybe that was kind of the direction you would go, but I wasn't for sure because I, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a part of some of the communities that you're a part of as well. And, and man, I, I have always thought they're really special, um, special in a lot of different ways. Like, uh, you know, I get, I get a lot of information. I get some comedy out of it. I get some, you know, a, a place to, just like you said, so it is, a, it can be a, the entrepreneurial lifestyle. We've talked about it a million times can sometimes be a lonely place to be. So to know that there's people out there like us doing the same things that we are, man, that's such a huge huge piece. And I know that you probably would talk to that more too, because, and I, and I, I, this is something specifically I wanted to ask you, but if, if someone comes to talk to you about your success that you've had in this world, why is community important to that success? I'd I'd love to know kind of what you, what you, what your thought on that is. I don't think I'm smart enough to be interesting. (laughs) 
long enough um, to have a long-term relationship with. Um, now that may be just me being down on myself, but you know, I run out, I will run out of gas of things that I can talk about. But what I can do is when I put something together that gets a lot of attention, um, I can put something together leveraging, you know, that success that gets a lot of other smart people involved. Sure. And I think that, you know, community for me takes a lot of pressure off and, that that's what it's always been for me is like I want to build communities that are filled with other people that can add value to a group. And that's really what you're doing. So true. We talked about this before, and I think we I think it was in one of the podcasts where we were talking about music, where I started to understand as a musician, my job was not to be what all eyes were on. My job was to facilitate the party, hmm. you know, to make people feel like they were in a place where they could have a comfortable conversation and there was something else going on to take away the awkwardness. Um, of just being there, right? Yeah. And so, what you start to realize is, is when you put your, when you start getting yourself out of that mode of I'm so special that, or I, or I need to create a persona that is so special that people will follow me. When you start to get yourself out of that mode, and you start to understand that the real money, the real value that you can bring into the world is just throwing a party. It's creating community. And that, that's the thing is I realized very early on that like I don't have to be smart or on all the time. I can create a place to where people associate with my name and my brand because it's us that put it together that the actual product is not me. Yeah. The actual product is the people that are in this group. And they're okay with being the product because they're there for the other people. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is when you start to really wrap your head around success and fame uh doesn't have to be you <laughs> it, it it's a lot of times the best things you can do as a human being is to create a space where people can come in and be themselves and to better themselves and if you're doing that correctly and you're building communities correctly and i'll get into some very interesting ways that i've seen this done if you're doing that correctly then the real value of a community is exactly that it's the community it's not the person that threw the community but you can make some really good money being the person that throws the party. And occasionally when you see the pot sort of stop, you stir. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key. Like when going back to the musician thing, my job as a musician is to watch the crowd. And when you start to see the crowd sort of lose that edge that they're giving to each other, that's when you stir the pot with a particular song <laughs> that is going to rile everybody up. And mm -hmm. as long as you can do that at certain intervals and get everybody back in the game and back having fun, the conversation flows. And that's the same thing in, in an online community that we try to do is like watch it, moderate it, let people answer each other's questions, let people add their own value so that they can sort of raise their profile and standing in the community. And that's a whole other thing of tiers of people in a community and the value that they bring and the value that other people assign to them because of what they brought. But the idea here is this. If you can create that party and every so often make sure that it's stirred when it needs to be stirred, then it's really, really powerful and it's valuable. And it's the kind of thing people will pay for. And they will, in their head, associate your value with the value of the community that you've created. And that's, yeah. that's where things start to get really, really interesting. That's so true. I've never heard it explained like that, but you're so right. I mean, you're, you're kind of like a maestro. You're you're kind of just, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to kind of direct this thing, but I'm going to let it go where it goes because I know something right. something beautiful is going to get produced from it, right? Like, and, and you develop along the way. You develop 
those, and I think this is kind of where you were headed. You develop those ambassadors that are that are doing the speaking for you. They're they're waving the flag for you. They're out there on your front line and 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 doing really really good stuff for you. So, and something else you touched on made me think maybe you were going to talk a little bit about uh, you know some some folks that are out that are doing really well from a community building standpoint. So do you have some of those that you kind of lean to and and think about? Yeah, you know I, I think that um, if I was really going to dig into this. And, and I think it's it's before we even get into that though I, I want to kind of cover this. It is important, and you brought this up, and I kind of danced around it, but I want to I want to make <laughs> sure I come back to this before we get into some of the communities that I love. I think it's incredibly important that you realize that the best clubs have somebody checking the door. Mm. You know, yeah. there has to be a reason that you can get in, or a reason you won't get in. That's it. There has to be the most valuable communities that we have. There is a reason that you can get in or a reason you can't. Now, that may be you paying a certain amount. That may be that you've done something that is like puts you in sort of that place. But it is super important that you understand if you leave it open for everybody, yes, everybody can get in, right? Everybody can get in. That That's great. But the value, perceived value outside of the community goes down if everybody can get in. And so what you have to do is you have to put something up that makes it seem like it's a secret or makes it seem like, hey, this costs a certain amount to get in mm-hmm. or that um, you have to be a certain status to get in. And now, listen, we don't want to exclude anybody, but this is an important part of what we're doing. Some people that do this incredibly well, people that run communities very, very well and give that sense of things, um, you know, if I had to like give you some examples, um, I have seen uh, the ClickFunnels community do very good with this. Hmm. Um, I think they do a really, really good job. You know, I, I think we come into some competition with those guys sometimes, um, but I think they've done a very, very good job at putting together a community. Sometimes it's a shit show in their community, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they've done a very good job of community and, and tears is what I love about what they're doing. They'll let just about anybody in the front door of like their Facebook group. But there's a whole layer of people that are sort of higher up in that group in the hierarchy of that group because they have paid 10 grand to get certified a certain Mm way um you know and so they have tiers of people that are sort of seen as more experts or higher up in that group because of that and i think that that is a very interesting way that they've built their business so um you know all my complaints about russell and click funnels i think russell's a genius Mm -hmm. and they've done a very very good job to build that thing over there so I, i think that's wonderful um you know getting into some more like this is a fun one. Uh, I am in a place that is what you would call a dry county. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know what that is, uh, it means that alcohol is not sold the same way that it probably is in your county if you're a wet county. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's people listening going, wait, a dry county? Those exist? What? Those yeah. do exist. Yeah. Uh, so that's not to say that there's not alcohol, <laughs> but it's very strictly regulated the way that alcohol can be sold in this particular county that I live in. Yeah. So this is what's interesting. A lot of the restaurants and bars that we have here aren't allowed to advertise alcohol and drink specials. They can't do it publicly. But here's what they can do. When you go into some of these places, you'll realize that they have started a Facebook group, which is private. It is protected. It is not public. And if you're a part of this Facebook group, you will get advantages um, that other people don't have because you'll know what's going on at these venues. There's one particular venue that I absolutely love here in town. And uh, I'm not going to mention them just in case, you know, you know, there, there would be heat that would come down on them. But yeah. what they do is 
They literally, that's where they announce all their bands. That's where they announce all their events. If you're not in this group, you don't know what's going on. It's not announced on their main page. Hmm. And the reason they do that is because they very much let you know when you're there, hey, I, I saw your page and like I, I didn't know this band was playing tonight. Well, actually, we, we don't advertise there. We actually advertise this Facebook group. Let me pull this up on your phone. They are organically building where it's the secret. Yeah. It is like the secret that you only know maybe if you've come in there. But what's happened is, is now they've got this group that understands over time, I was, I was literally given this secret. And so you pay attention to it. And so now when I see things pop up, I know not everybody knows that. Um, but I do. I know about the drink specials. I know about the new stuff they're doing because in this group, they can actually say things that they can't say publicly. And so there's this level of the reason I feel exclusive in this group is because there's this level of inside knowledge that I know I have about my community that most people don't. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think they're doing a very good job too. And they're just a little bar uh, in a hotel that I think is very, very genius with the way they market themselves. And they absolutely do it. They built this little sub community of their existing customers. That was really, you know, there wasn't many opportunities to go find this group <laughs> unless you've been in already. And so there is this understanding of that. So there's there's just a couple that I think are interesting. I'm sure that you've got some that you think are great too. Um, but those are the few that I think, you know, on a on a big level, online level, and on a local level that I think are, are doing some really smart things. Well, and it's I mean, yeah, absolutely. Communities literally cover a lot of ground, right? And we've I feel like we talk about her on way more pods than we probably should. But Taylor Swift is an absolute fucking genius when it comes to building a community yeah. she has an army of people that are willing to follow her into war and it's yeah. and it's and it's because she has cultivated that over the years and she has shared you know intimate details about herself and her journey and and, and stuff like that and it, people latch to that man and, and i think that's 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 the kind of thing that really is exactly what we're talking about she's willing to be inclusive but as a follower of her music and what she's doing, you feel like you're part of a club and you, and you, yeah. and there are so, so, and that's, and that's exactly, and you've already touched on it some, but I want to make sure that you get every thought in your head out about this, because I think it's, this is kind of the essential reason I wanted to talk about this today. So when I think about community, I start thinking about how important it really is to position, position yourself as inclusive but also it feels really important to be exclusive too. So it's yeah. how on earth, do you strike a balance? Because sometimes that can be really, really hard. And you've already touched on it a little bit, but I think we can go go deeper a little bit. And tell me a little bit about specifically if you've got examples, that'd be even better. Sure. But, you know, ways that you have found to strike a balance with listen, I'll bring anybody in, but we're still gonna create this world that feels very much like a bubble, you know, and, and I, I'd love to for you to talk about that a little bit. So it's interesting. So we do two kinds of webinars. And I'll just sort of give this out. Um, if you come to a public webinar, um, it is very much more aimed at using a language and a sort of tone that is for people that everybody can understand. Our club, quote unquote, club members, community members versus anybody that should happen to show up. They, yeah. they get it. Like it's not, it's not like full of all these inside jokes and vernacular that is community exclusive. But when we sell something on those calls and you get inside, you start learning a vernacular that is exclusive to the community. You start learning inside jokes that are to the community. And you know, we, we start really building in this world and this lore 
um, that people that have been around a while feel like they're a part of something because and they get jokes that nobody else does. They get things that nobody else does. And so that's the thing is like we really try to focus on the more public-facing things to be very, you know, we got a great product. This is what the product will do for you in very basic language. Mm -hmm. But then we get on the inside and we're able to talk on the inside about stuff that like is behind the scenes. Like here's the software we use that like we wouldn't tell anybody else. Here is, you know, the tool that we used to do this. Here is this, but also like very personal information. Like there's things that people that have bought products from me and they're good customers know about my personal life that nobody else knows. Sure. Um, you know, I'll get on, I'll get on a private call with like people that have paid me to be a part of that call. And like, they ask about my mom, <laughs> you know, and they ask about my dad and they ask about like my friends and they ask about how my how my favorite basketball team is doing. Did you watch the game last night? Because they understand these things that are sort of this built-in lore. This is something that Taylor Swift is incredibly good at is you can be a casual Taylor Swift fan. You'd be like, I'm kind of good into this song. I'm into this song. Cool. But there's lore that's built into her catalog as you progress through it. And there is a group of people that very much pride themselves on knowing all the little ins and outs of that. Yep. And to be able to tell even the casual, do you, do you know that this song's about this? I did not. And <laughs> – so you can enjoy things on multiple levels, and I think that's what a great community is all about, is if you're not a part of the community, you can still enjoy the product. You can still enjoy what this business is putting out, but if you're a part of the community, you understand the behind the scenes. And I think that really, really good communities from top to bottom, whether it's online or if it's in a physical place, understanding the stories and the behind the scenes are great. One of the bars that I go to here in town on a regular basis, um, you can walk in and you can have a pretty decent experience. And I walk out and that be it. But if you're there on the regular, you understand some of the stories. You understand that it's haunted. Um, <laughs> and not only do you understand that it's haunted, you've seen a picture of the ghost. Oh, and this is this. these are the things that are very interesting. And only the people that are really built into that community have gone to that layer of things. Right. And I think that that's the thing. The more comfortable that the staff of this place gets, the more they will let you inside to the actual lore behind the place, which gives you actual ownership of this community as a whole. And, you know, I've been going to this place for years and I feel very much like a pillar of that community, even if I'm not. Um, but because I understand a lot of the inner workings of it. And so I think that's the thing from top to bottom, the people that really are a part of your world, keep inching them closer and closer and closer. Now, one of the few ways that we get people to feel more locked into our community, and, I, and this is very much on purpose. I have no problem telling people this. Number one, we give them the uniform. Hmm. Um, we're both wearing a version of the uniform today, um, if, if you're watching us. Uh, but the idea is we, we send out shirts. We send out sweatshirts. We send out hats. We send out you know glasses with our logo hmm. on them. We give them the uniform to let them know that they're a part of what we're doing. And so we'll, we will literally send this out. I can literally pull a spreadsheet right now of our best customers and say – these people are getting this from us because they're just kind of awesome. Mm -hmm. We continue to reward them with that stuff. Um, the other side of sometimes we do sales that are like literally only our best customers. Like it's the only way you'd even see this stuff is if you're in this list. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And we're very much we're very much open with the only way you see this is if you hit this threshold. And you know, come on. The other thing is, you know, there is a whole level of people. In our community, man, that like I'm busy. I'm a busy, busy person. But there's a whole level of people that like if they ask for a phone call, they're getting a phone call. I'll be mm -hmm. on the phone with them for an hour. I don't care when it is. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. If they ask, I will be there. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason is, is because they have been a part of our community for so long. Shout out to my boy, Scott Anderson. Like, oh, yeah. Scott loves, you know, and, I, and this, this is just me calling out a customer that we have. Um, that is just, and, and he's an incredible entrepreneur in his own right, but he's been somebody that's been a part of our community for a long time. He's, he's overly positive and like, that's a person that like Scott wants to get on the phone and like chat about anything. I'm there. Like yeah. I'm there and I won't do that for everybody. I, I just would not do that for everybody. I don't have time. I'd love to be able to do that, but there's a whole tier of people that have been a part of our community for a while that we do that. And I try very, very hard to make that known, to make that known to that group of people. And, and, you know, hopefully I can continue to do a better and better job of that. But I think that's the thing is I think when people start to understand that you value them as that layer of, your community, like the really locked in layer versus the new layers that are, you know, yeah. kind of below that. Um, when you start to acknowledge that, that strengthens your community too. And, and so I think that that's the thing. Like we talk about Taylor Swift, very, very good at that. Very, very good at rewarding the people that have actually bought into all the lore, really locked in. And I think that that's a good thing. And, and I think the people that run the best communities, they understand that there has to be a wall mm -hmm. to get in. You, you can't just let everybody in. You have to have something that is the barrier of entry. And then you've got to understand that there is a hierarchy in your community. And it, it is built by people that have invested more. I don't mean money, by the way, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I mean that the people that have invested more time, that are more into all the lore behind how your community works and how your business works, they are definitely seen as more valuable in the community. So I, I think that's the thing. If you really focus on you know, understanding barrier to entry for whatever community, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's an actual business, you've got a level of lore um, that is like the behind the scenes info that, you know, only certain people get um, maybe that fits into stuff like this. Like there's a story behind this shirt, you know, like there's, there's little things that you start to pick up along the way. And then understanding you only let certain tiers of your community into certain parts. One of the best things that I've ever done, man, is I had somebody that was a part of our community come to me and says, I don't know if I need to be a part of this community more because I don't know if it fits me. Like I think I'm, I think I'm past this, and I, I, I think I'm dead weight. Literally, mm -hmm. tell me that. Not because they were like not getting value out of uh, our conversations, but like the community, they just didn't feel like they could add anything because they were on such a different level. And I said, well, what if I invited you and maybe ten other people that I've picked out that I think are more in your level, and we have our own thing, and so we built a whole layer. To that community, this person actually started adding a lot more to the community and value just because I had created that extra layer in the community that only they were a part of. Yeah. We started throwing private events just with those people. Hmm. Like literally, we, we paid for the whole thing. I was like, y'all come out. It's just you pay for your plane ticket, come hang out, and we're going to throw a thing where we're all sitting in a room. And we, we spent two days, and we've done this several times with these people. And that one thing, without having to do something with the entire community, but that one thing that we did strengthened our business. It strengthened the community that we had built because those people were like so much more engaged in helping us to go with that, with the rest of the community. And those are the things that you got to understand. It's those layers. And if you can really facilitate those layers and really, you know, let people know that they're important, then they will help other people to continue to ascend up into the community as well. And so, like I said, it's a, it's a interesting thing when you start to see uh, that you're doing it right yeah. Most of the things that I've done right, by the way, I accidentally did right, but <laughs> I was able to accidentally do them right because I was present in trying to actively build this private community all along. And when you're there every day or every week, as we've talked about before, you accidentally do things and you learn.
But I think that we've probably given a lot of little tips along the way, if anybody was paying attention, <laughs> that uh, those are the key components of how a, a good community works. And if you just get those things close to right, then the thing is going to turn into something that's very, very profitable for you and not just you, but everybody that's actually involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've touched on a lot of good points there about keeping that balance that we're talking about. But uh, and and you you've kind of dove into this, but I want us to go a little further because building a community just sometimes isn't enough, right? Um, you, you can't. You've got the person working the door, like you said, which I think is a perfect analogy. You got the person working the door, but then when they get in, what do they do? You know, how do you keep them engaged? So, what kind of things do you see that work well? in general, from a broad stroke standpoint that work really well with keeping communities engaged and, and whether it's, you know, what you're teaching or what you're selling or software that you have, whatever it is, what kind of things work well from a, from a broad stroke standpoint? We throw a party every week. I mean, yeah, there you go. You know, I, and, and I take this into like, you know, we've talked about this a lot lately is like, we're, we're opening, hopefully opening up a bar in the next little bit. And, you know, the whole point about that is, is we want to build a community and we want to throw a party for them every week. And, and online, it's the same thing. Every single week for our communities, we actually do an hour, at least an hour live. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to come, but if you come, you get a lot of value out of it. And so every single week, not only are we posting in the group and answering questions, but they know we're still here. Mm-hmm. They know that we just didn't create this community one time and then bop out. Every week, they hear our voice and it's live. And we're really there and we're really engaged and we're really a part of the community. And we're really telling them, hey, if you need anything else, go back in here, post it. Or, you know, we're always here every week. And that's the thing. I think it's incredibly important that you get touches and um, mm. you get touches from the top. That That's that's the key. And yeah. you can build some very big things with what we call community managers. I think that that works, too. But it's nothing quite the same as um, – the folks that you know you originally bought into that they were doing something cool at least stopping by to say hey and some of the biggest companies that i know the reason they have the companies that they have shopify being a prime example of this by the way um i love shopify i love their ascent to you know just this behemoth of a business but you know every friday um i don't know if they still do this but every friday as they were growing they used to have a company-wide stand-up where everybody would come in, the founders would be on stage. They'd talk to everybody about kind of what they were doing, and they'd have a little party, man. Hmm. And I, I think that it's incredibly important that as the voice of a community, the voice of a company, you show up yep. and you let people know that you're part of it. So for us, every single week, without fail, whatever community we have, and sometimes it's hard because we're busy, yeah. but we show up and we we will hang out at least – like one of my communities – I am there for a full hour to two hours every week. Another one, I'm there for like 15 minutes, but it's the touch. They know I'm still there. They know I'm still doing everything that I said I was going to be doing and everything. And I'm and I'm egging them on to do what they said they were going to do too as a part of that community. And so that to me is probably the number one thing. There's far too many businesses where even when it, when it starts running well or even when it's not running well, the owner checks out and – um that is the beginning of the end for a lot of businesses because this great community of customers that they built starts to understand that uh, it's not really a community anymore. Um, and you know, a lot of people listening are like, "Oh man, so I have to be involved forever?" No, no, but you have to find the right mix before you start to back away. Yeah. And if you find the right mix, it self-sustains. If you don't find the right mix, you still have to be there to stir the pot every so often. And it's important to 
get to a point where you realize what that mix is. And over the years, I tell you what, like I've ha- I've stepped out sometimes and realized, whoops, you stepped out too quick. <laughs> and I think that that's incredibly important to sort of get that vibe of of what that is. And you know what? Maybe uh, that's the thing. Maybe uh, in the future, um, you know, when you're doing this, you, you see us do some things differently than what we've done in the past, things that have worked for us in the past because we learned. And I think that's the important part too is when you're building communities, every community is different. You're going to make mistakes. You can take great advice. Uh, maybe you heard here. Maybe you've heard from other people. But your community will have its own little idiosyncrasies. And you have to be paying attention because your community members, this is the beauty of community, they will tell you more of what they want. And if you're listening and you're willing to give that to them, you will continue to strengthen your community. If you check out too early as a community manager or the owner of the group or the creator of the group, it will die, and then you're going to kind of be in that spot. Oh, communities don't work if I'm not there. Well, it's about timing it correctly. The cool part about communities is, is once they get strong enough, you really can take a backseat because the product becomes less about you, and it becomes 100% about who you brought into the community in the first place. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and we've, we've, we've mentioned it on a lot of a lot of podcasts and, and different things that we've done about how important it is and, and how a lot of the businesses that we latch on to have a face attached to them, right? And it's the same thing from a community standpoint, having that face, man, it goes a long way, um, at least at least at the beginning, just like you said. And, and it, you know, that doesn't mean you've got some sort of commitment that's going to tie you down for a long time. But also, okay, a little off the cuff here. Let me ask you something here. Hit me. So, so when you think about building the perfect community. Right. That perfect community has got some people standing by your side, right? On your your mission to save the world. What sure. what do those people look like? What 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 traits do they have? Who's a you know, talk to me about the folks that are in your army, the serial progress seeker army. What do those kind of people look like? Because I think that's a big piece of community that's sometimes overlooked is we're all standing here because because we look alike, we 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 act alike, we do things similarly, and that's why we came here together. So, what what about your army? Kind of what what does that look like? Uh, to build an army around yourself uh, to help sustain a community, you have to understand who you are first. Mm-hmm. Um, I am somebody that is incredibly. Um, what's the best way to put this? It's I I like big ideas. I like to chase big ideas and test them. Mm-hmm. And um, I test a lot of things that don't work so that I can get to the ones that work. I understand that's who I am. I understand that if I don't, that I can get bored with something easily if it's not going quick enough, even if it's making me money. Yeah. Um, I also understand that I'm not a very organized person. I understand that I that even though I'm kind of a loner at times, I am work much better in groups. And I understand that of all the things that I'm missing, I have to have people fill those in. But of all the things that I have, I have to have people that are like me to help bring those things out like salt, wood, and food. Hmm. And so kind of the things that sort of make up you know, what works best for me are this. I have to have somebody that is equally as nerdy as me about technology to talk to every day and help me implement. Yep. That's a big one. I have to have a facilitator that is far more organized than me um, that can get things done uh, because they have a list. I'm not a list. I'm not a great list person. Um, when I have lists, they just usually sit in front of me. So I have to have a list person. So I have to have somebody that is equally as nerdy as me that will just dig their heels in and like lock into tech and things and like lock into 
when I say tech, think about your business that is equally as nerdy as you about your passion, right? So you sure. got to have that other person that's going to constantly help you push your skill set because they're constantly pushing their skill set. Yep. I have to have the person that's super organized that is a list person. And I have to have the person that is okay with being um, just as on camera as me. And that, that's something that I figured out that I was – I'm I'm okay getting on camera, but I'm much better when I have other people that are people people like me yeah. to to bat things back and forth with. And so, like our community, you know, has gone through various stages of people that were there at the top level to help me. Um, but when it works best, that's sort of the mix for me. It's like I have you know at least three people around me, sort of at a top level, that all work with people you know, that are also as big a part of our community, but they're, they work for them. Yeah. But for me, it's who is it that can, you know, push me to create more content. And it's like a, you know, and, and I actually have two or three people in our organizations uh, in different businesses that are like that person. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a list person that is like, okay, this is the five things we're getting done today, no matter what. And they go do them. And like, mm -hmm. it's, you know, they don't have to be overly artistic about the product. They don't have to be on camera. They don't have to be in the weeds of the tech. They are just like, we're getting this done and I'm going to get it done. It may not be the way that Atkins wants it's done, but it's going to get done. Yeah. Got it. Right. And then I've got the person that like, maybe isn't, isn't as big on the camera stuff. Isn't as big as like being out in front, but likes the, after we get done with the camera stuff, likes organizing it and putting it together and like the tech behind everything. And I have all of those elements except for the checkbox part. I have all of those elements as a part of me, but by myself, there's nobody to push me. Yeah. And so that is sort of the top level of our organization. And, and anybody that's running a business that's thinking about a community, I guarantee you, if you surround yourself with kind of those kinds of people. So think about like you're running, you know, maybe a pizza restaurant. You started a pizza restaurant because you're like, you love making pizza, right? You got to have at least one other person in your pizza restaurant that loves making pizza just as much as you do because you guys will push each other, right? Yep. You got to have at least one person that is like freaking passionate about once the pizza gets put together, how does it get presented to the customer? Because you probably like that's not – you don't want to make a great pizza. They've got to make sure that whatever you make back there in the kitchen – gets put into the box the right way. It's presented the right way. The person that's, you know, you know, actually taking it out, everything looks the way that it's supposed to look when it actually gets to the consumer. Yeah. You got to have that. And you got to have a person, man, that's taking care of the permits. That's taking care <laughs> of paying the taxes. That's taking care of the accountants. That's taking yeah. care of all that. If you've got those pieces of the puzzle, then the business runs in such a way that when people walk through the door, it it's smooth. And they're like, yeah. this is cool, man. I want to come here more. And they become a deeper part of your community. And this is what's so funny. Some of those people that like were your customers at first end up being your bartenders, end mm -hmm. up being your wait staff, end up being the person that when you franchise your model are going to be the person that buys a franchise from you. And so yep. that that's the thing that's really interesting is like if you have that core group of people at the start of what you're doing, everything runs smoothly in terms of the product that you put out. And that's when the groundswell starts to happen of the people that want to be behind what you're doing because they're like, this is fun. This is just fun. Yeah. And I like all the people involved. I want to be I want to be more involved because I just want to be around those people. And so for me, that's sort of the recipe. That's sort of what I followed. And the more I lean into sort of that model of having this top layer around me, the more we sort of bring in the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. And that seems to be what works for us. And I think that in just about anybody, if you really paid attention to what I said, you can apply that model 
to anything that you're doing. For me, it's usually three people. Um, and it has to be three people because it's hard for each of those people to have the skill that yeah. the other person has and be really good at the thing that they are good at. Right. So ho- hopefully that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I, I, I'm really glad that that's kind of where we're kind of wrapping things up because you know, I was excited to talk to you in general about this today because this is a this is a, a subject that I know we agree on. Um, we, we, we both feel like this is an extremely important part of successful businesses and brands all over the world. And, and this specific right. conversation of how to, you know, be able to simultaneously balance including members into your community while still being able to deliver what's considered, you know, a memorable experience, an exclusive experience is really, really important to the process of a community. There's just something so special about being able to share experiences and successes and even struggles with people that are like-minded who are out there grinding every day to change their world. And I think that's, yeah, that speaks to what we do here at Serial Progress Seeker every single day. So I'm really glad we got to talk about this. Me too, man. I, I think that's the thing is like any business out there that wants to grow, um, you have to be thinking about that at all times. What is the reaction? What is the experience that you're giving people that wants them to become a part of your community and spread the word to other people? And when you can do that, everything changes. You're no longer a business. Um, You're building a community that you can profit from. And that is just an absolute game changer for any business out there that's trying to do it. 